Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are when you watch this. Welcome to another episode of Align with Lina. Today is June the 1st, 2020. We are at a time in the world where there's many, many changes. Things are in an uproar. There's opportunity for growth, opportunity for healing, opportunity for oneness, and opportunity for those who are not aware of what's going on to become more scared, more divided, and even um, more disconnected. So today I am super excited to bring to you somebody who has connected with the truth of who she is. And, you know, I, I don't plan out when people are going to show up and what's going to be happening in the world, but I'm excited that months ago when I scheduled this guest that it would happen today specifically with what's going on because I'm super thrilled to have you meet Diane Rose Kelly. And she is a presence of, of to me, she represents this beautiful, divine, uh, feminine energy. She is a singer, songwriter, and I haven't, I don't really know her that well. I'm going to get to know her better mm -hmm. through this conversation today. But Diane, Diane Rose, I'm so glad that you are here today so we can bring a little love, a little gentleness, a, mm -hmm. little, a little feminine essence to what's taking place in the world today. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Lana, for having me. Um, very honored and grateful to be here in this moment in time in this amazing dance and shimmy of energies and <laughs> collective and in internal uh, reality, so to speak. So thank you. Absolutely. Well, let me start with the same question I ask everybody. Yeah. When when did you begin to realize that there was just more to, to life, to love, yes, to life? Then what you have been taught that there was when you began to realize that there is an unseen world we we are not taught to tap into. Right. You know, um, as I was sharing before, uh, when I was a child, I felt very um, mystical. I didn't have a language for it, but I would sit for hours and like talk to dogs and, and you know, I could feel animals and nature. Um, and then, you know, life happens, family dynamics happen, and, um, you know, you sort of get, I don't like the word programming, it's like, um, that's all right. these inputs, you yeah. know, from the family that you chose to help your soul grow in this lifetime, or at least that's my truth. And so, um, you know, my whole life, I've really felt this mystical backdrop, um, without a language for it. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, I was a shy kid. Um, sports is what got me out of myself and I was very successful. So I realized young that if I was successful and I, you know, everything is hindsight, of course, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, if I was successful, that's how we would get attention. That's how we get love. I didn't have, a clue about, you know, um, my self-reflection. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know what that was. I don't think any of us do, right? So, um, this is a lot. This would be a long answer to the question, um, but um, well, well, we'll explore more of the yeah. particulars. But so, really, when right. you were a child, is when you began to realize that there was more than you were being taught. You just didn't have the words to put to it. Yes. 
Okay. So, so let's, let's jump back in then to when you were playing sports, what kind of sports did you play? I played basketball, soccer. I, I you know, I was, I really excelled at soccer because in basketball, you know, you have to be tall. And even though I'm fast, uh, I was only, I'm only five two. So that sort of kind of closed the door on that. Um, <laughs> I got the ball smashed in my face way too many times, yeah. but um, soccer, I was really good. I, I, I was um, just good all in high school, college. I played one year professional and then I ended up coaching, but um, soccer was really a, a great sport for me. Yeah. So then in, in that world, you were revered, you were looked up, uh, you know, people looked up to you, you had, you were somebody that they valued and that built your, your self-esteem, I guess, because it, you said when you were younger, maybe you didn't quite have as much of that. Yeah. You know, I, you don't have a mirror into yourself when you're yeah. younger. You only do, you start to have it when you're in college, I believe. Yeah. You know, um, but the kids today, it's it's happening younger, you know. Yeah. So, um, but uh, I just kind of went with the flow and what went with what my gifts were and what felt good for me. And, you know, my success brought me a lot of excuses for not working on my personality, right? Because well, I have a yeah. job. Yeah, but that happens. You know what? I, I've been a yeah. coach now for 13, 14 years, and every single person that I work with over all these years, there's never been an exception. We're always looking at the conditioning that we receive, we call it programming, indoctrination, whatever that is. We have to look at that and in essence, peel that off of us. It's not who we are to reveal our authentic self. So you're absolutely right. Um, and we're hearing from Mario that you're a, a great performer and singer. That's awesome. Uh, yes, thank you, Mario. And thank you, Olga, and those of, those of you who are also watching us. Um, so yes, it is, a, it is a journey of peeling back what we're not so that we can reveal the truth of who we are. So take us into the world when you were believing you were this soccer um, superstar, that this is that this was your identity. What did that world look like and how did you show up in that space? You know, I, I feel like uh, all phases of what we go through are who we are mm -hmm. and parts of our true self are there. Right? Totally, totally. And, and so it's just the nature of being on the earth plane that it's the functionality of, of mm -hmm. uh, our generation or whatever human condition we're born into that we have this dichotomy. It's just sort of like what the earth is for, right? Yeah, like, totally. Right. So what's broken in the earth has to be healed in the earth. And this yeah. was a place for us to grow. So the streaming of my consciousness happened through every single thing that I did with my true self being the backdrop and popping through, right? Totally. When totally. it felt safe. Yes. When it felt safe. So, but, but when I was playing soccer, you know, I really felt my spirit because I touched a lot of people's lives doing that. And, you know, like when I was in um, grammar school, I was in eighth grade. Uh, I, this was basketball, but I, I got the sportsmanship award because I had a consciousness about if some kid fell and hurt themselves, I would go over there. It was just innate in yeah. me. 
Yeah. So, so parts of our true self itself are always there. I think it's just that we don't know how to identify ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like we don't have even a consciousness about it. So, but soccer for me was a way to um, get a sock, go to college. Um, it was a way for me to develop my interpersonal skills. It was a way for me to understand that in hindsight, that I was innocent and pure and that, that I didn't understand that this world of emotional selfishness and jealous jealousy that didn't happen. I mean, it was there in high school, but it wasn't until I got to college where my success created jealousy from other people. And, and I never used to let it get to me. Then I started letting it get to me. Yeah. You know, because I'm an empath and, you know, you don't understand yourself. Oh, absolutely. I think that that was like the pivotal time of feeling like I lost my innocence because I was like, wow, now I'm aware of these things. They must be inside of me. And again, this is hindsight. Of course. Hindsight is insight. Of course. course. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and it happens like that for everybody. We, what we are never cannot not be there. I mean, it's like uh, the life force, the blood that is in us that is moving, it, it's there. But we're not conscious that it's there. We're not present to our true self. We're not present to our soul. Heck, most of us don't even know that what we are is made of energy. That's something I didn't come to discover until I was well in my 40s. So I had to create a relationship with that non-physical part of me. Right. But here in, in high school, you're able to maintain a sense of your innocence um, still just doing what you were loving, what you were good at and was fun. I'm sure playing soccer sports was fun for you. It it has to be if you're that good at it, there's got to be an enjoyment to be able to keep doing it. But then, then the, the, what is typical in the world when we lose touch with what makes us all the same, which is that essence of consciousness inside of us, um, then you begin to doubt yourself. You begin to to be concerned about you're losing your innocence. Take us into that moment in time. And yes, I know that consciousness is still there. It doesn't leave you. But take us into the mind of Diane Rose. How are you working through what that egoic mind, that separated mind is going through? And what were you experiencing because i want to kind of paint a picture a lot of what i do in these conversations is show people what happens in our lives when we are not aware of the truth of who we are and then what happens in our lives when we align with that so describe what was life like without your conscious awareness of your truth gosh you know i wasn't really i just went through this the dynamic of the experience of existing doing what i was doing and experiencing not only how I felt in that, but also the reciprocity of the external world. So, but I didn't have a consciousness. I, you know, I started to be really spiritual in college and then after college, but I still didn't get it. Okay. So I picked up all these books and I got it a little bit, but it wasn't until probably uh, 2002, when I had a nervous breakdown, that uh, I picked up Carolyn Mace's book, Anatomy of the Spirit. Then I started to realize, I read this line that said, you know, you create your own reality. I was like, bam, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> you know, I chucked the book across the floor and uh, I was like, 
you mean I created? Cause I, I was going through like such a hard time and, um, and I didn't realize all along that my inner child was calling me to heal it. I yeah. didn't get it. No, no, so, we don't. We, we don't understand that. Yes. Yeah. So at that, so what were you experiencing at that time when you, you didn't know all of the things that you know today? So what, what's Diane Rose Kelly going through um, as you're, as you're curious about something else, but you're still living your life? Yeah, I think you're caught between um, your, your upbringing and your programming. And I, you know, I was brought up like doing is, is is over being right a human doing over being even though i grew up in a very very safe um loving catholic environment it mm -hmm. was just what it was at the time was survive like you know everybody was trying to survive and you had the whole paradigms of your mom stayed home and you know raised the kids and your dad went off to work and well my mom worked as well but it was just you breaking out of those old molds and looking at yourself like for the first time i one pivotal thing that really uh that i remember was i'm not my emotions then what the <laughs> hell am i <laughs> you know that's a powerful oh question God. that's a powerful question that we all have to come to if we're going to be able to realize how we create our reality because our emotions power our reality you know it's what it's what it creates um right. you know we think it and then the emotions activate it so tell me about that when you began to realize that you're not your emotions what what was that like T take it us into that it freaked me out it totally yeah. freaked me out because then you know you're like what do you you don't it's a void you, you don't know it's the void yeah but you're thrown in the void yeah and that's what depression is partly you know and but i had no way to navigate it but then that's when i 2002 three four five six when i you know i started you know doing chakra work and just getting my hands on all of these things uh, taking shaman courses and all this yeah. and i learned a lot and i started applying what i learned reiki etc um, yeah. but i still didn't do the work of the inner child yeah that usually comes when there's a, a more of a, a maturity in in terms of the spiritual path there has to be more of an awareness of what's happening to be able to enter into that Good point inner yeah. child place that you just can't go into that cold turkey but when you began to discover that you're not your emotions um how were you identified with your emotions you were talking about depression were you an emotionally driven person in some ways yeah. Right? In other ways, I repressed. Mm -hmm. I repressed my pain and just, I learned that. Yeah. You, just, you just repress and you go. Yeah. That's how I was so successful at so many things. I was just like, okay, next, next, next. That doesn't bother me. I remember sitting in a, a college class. I was in junior college. And they were talking about stress and they're doing this survey about, you know, do you feel stressed? I'm like, I don't feel any stress. That's because I was so repressed. Yeah. I wasn't connected to my emotional body. You yeah. Know? And so that was an interest. I remember that was an interesting time. So yeah. <laughs> do you, uh, can you take us into that when you were repressing what, now that you have hindsight, 
what do you now know you were, uh, why were you suppressing? Why were you repressing? What were you trying not to feel at that time? Well, you know, I think uh, the repression comes from many different experiences that are stored in your subconscious. First, you know, as a kid, um, I had a mentally handicapable sister. She's an angel. And I was born into my parents trying to caretake for her. And they finally had to put her in a, in a different facility at four. So there was a lot of things that, you know, worked on the healing pre-birth yeah. and when I was born. So I didn't address that. That's where it started, right? But so oh, yeah, totally. Just like, you know, normal stuff. You're growing up, you're learning about relationships, you're learning about feelings, you're, and your subconscious mind is just, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, storing all of these experiences yeah. with emotions. And I just, just, I think I shut down. I was open in a lot of areas, yeah. right? But yeah. the areas that had to do with my healing, yeah. Yeah. So, and we don't know that we're doing that and we don't right. know that we're doing that, but that's always a form of self-protection. Right. And it's, it's always going to tie to something in the environment that we just don't feel safe in. We're not being validated. <laughs> you know, we don't want to take up too much time. If there's a sister who needs more attention, um, we, we want to stay quiet if that makes mom feel proud of us or dad feel proud of us, or we stay quiet because it gets us in trouble um, to be ourselves. I mean, there's so many, there are so many different ways that we stop being reasons. So many different ways and reasons why we justify it's better to not be ourselves. Um, so, so then let's let's take us to your your understanding that you're not your emotions. You begin to realize through that powerful teachings of Carolyn Mays, who I love her book, The Anatomy of the Spirit. Um, it's definitely one that was very helpful on my journey. And you begin to realize that you create your own reality. So once that began to make sense to you once that door opened up to you connecting with the truth of how powerful you are what began to happen in your life what were some of the changes that took place well i think that it was a slow process of gathering knowledge yeah and doing the exercises and um i had picked up a book called the seven sacred flames in mount shasta a whole group of us went um, for 2009, it was an incredible experience. So I started putting a lot of the energy work into practice. Mm -hmm. And I became, um, I took some courses by Alberto Villalobo um, oh, yeah. um, on shaman and uh, Reiki and um, just tuning into my spirituality. I mean, I've always been a writer. So writing really helped me to just sort of unfold the mystical side of my my being and um since i was a kid just always writing and so, so you gave that part of you a voice through writing yeah yeah and music i learned and uh music i started singing in a band uh when i was 23 in new jersey and and then i uh taught myself guitar but anyway i just kept trying to educate myself on how do i you know, I'm a spiritual being in a physical body. Well, what the heck does that mean? And let me try to figure out how to yeah. 
navigate that. So, but I still hadn't done the inner child work. So that that's a whole other area of opening, right? So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I, I absolutely firmly believe that until we have done that inner child work, we're not prepared for the alignment with spirit. We're, we're prepared to know about it and receive it. But that inner child piece is the block to the connection. And like I only work with people who've already done the inner child work. So I, I no longer do that because there's so many other people. Not only are they brilliant at that, but that is what their work is. My work is to help people move beyond that to go further back in aligning with their their soul their spirit so so what you're talking about is really the self-awareness work we're becoming aware of the the blocks to the presence of our soul so yeah so as you began to do that inner child work what what was that like for you and what were some of the things that helped you move through that because let's just say that's a very painful experience it's um it's it's very uncomfortable and it takes an incredible amount of courage and most people cannot awaken because it's so scary to see our our wounded in our child yeah i mean there's so much i can share about that um i think for my whole life i've been an empath Mm -hmm. and i put a i finally put a language around it but um and let me just say too, you probably know this, but there's a whole lot more going on with our souls multidimensionally than we even know about. Totally, totally. So, you know, we are multidimensional beings, yes. So at this part of my, I know that about myself because of my experiences over the last three years or so and the writings that come through me, like I can, you know, I channel and I, I, I wrote a book for this, with this woman three months boom i mean it just comes and it just it's a fountain and it's not me it's like okay here's an open channel let's give it exactly exactly that is that is what this work is preparing us to consciously be that channel lord make me an instrument of your peace as saint francis of assisi said so so say more about that same yeah i mean you know it's um when I, first of all, I was a college professor in LA and I was doing music there and teaching music or I was teaching health. I was a health okay. professor, women's health and, and nutrition. And I was a student mentor and I was on the academic center. So I was really, I had a really great job. I was tenure and about, I took my first sabbatical in 2015 and I was like, I went to Sedona, of course, and uh, for three months. And I'm like, something is, I have to do something. My, my songs are inside of me and I just, I can't let them die inside of me, you know? And, but, but so I was like, okay, so I went back teaching and this was brewing. Right. And then the next year, the next spring, I took another, my, the second part of my sabbatical went back to Sedona for three months. And I remember I was just in this amazing place by myself. And, you know, I, I've, I've had mystical symbols all around me, like my whole life. So I'd look in the window and there's like this bird shaman looking thing on the window. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I know that I'm in the, you know, I know I'm in the right place. So, but I felt during that period of time, 
so creative, but I also felt something was stalking me. And I just, I remember laying in my bed going, what is it? What do you want to tell me? What is it that you want to tell me? I, I can't hear it. You know, I'd be hiking all the red rocks and everything. Still didn't hear it, you know, but I felt it. Yeah. And so the next fall, 2017, I was like, I got to make my record. I got to do it. And so I quit my my professor job of 11 years and took my retirement and made the most amazing CD that is still being mastered that is just so incredible. It's 19 songs, 20 songs, and um, it's a dream CD. It's so good. I'm so happy I was there for every note. And I made my record, and when I was done in the studio, I was almost done and I started getting anxiety and I start because I lived in the sixth to seventh dimension making a record. I mean, it was five months. So you're receiving all this inspiration, the lyrics, yeah. the music, everything you're receiving all of it. Yeah, it was, an, it was incredible. It was so incredible. Like nobody makes a five, a 19 song CD in five months. Cause that's just, <laughs> you know, but I was in that energy, like, and that's all I would do. And my producer, co-producer, Bob Horn and Nikki Starr, I mean, they're brilliant. They're geniuses. And all the musicians we brought in were geniuses. And everything was just clicking, you know? And so when it ended, I started to have anxiety, like, really bad. And I'm like, it was like my body knew something was shutting down. And mm. I was running out of money. Yeah. And... I remember I, I, my dad called and uh, he's like, how are you doing? You know, I'm like, I'm not doing so good. He's like, you want me to come and get you? I'm like, you don't have to do that. And so he did. <laughs> and we drove back to Atlanta and I had like, I was just flatlined. Like mm -hmm. just, I was, I, I remember feeling like I wasn't in my body for so long because yeah. I had to ground down back to the earth. Yeah. So there, that's, that's when everything just started you know my guides and my master said okay we need you to just breathe because my whole life i've been running and chasing mm -hmm. the next success even though i was conscious and i was spiritual yeah. it was just i'm just gonna get this i'm gonna get you know and i was done with this most amazing record and and that's when it started. Ground zero, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's right in alignment with every every single experience. That, again, I go back to one of the, the best parts of the fact that I've been doing this work, assisting people through their awakening for 13 plus years, awesome. is that everybody goes through the exact same process. We, we come in these divine beings from those other dimensions. We come in yeah. to have this human experience. And I call it the soul's journey. And this human experience is a time for us to, if we have a conscious parent, we are reminded to align with the source of who we are. We are reminded um, of our of our multidimensional truth. Yeah. If we don't, which most of us don't, we think that we're just these human doings. And <laughs> then we get programmed to do, yeah. do, do. We learn all of the things that we're supposed to do. And then we go on to have successful careers, try to control our lives, try to control circumstances, our income and, you know, whatever, what people think of us. And 
then then something happens and we get curious and for you it was those those books you know they helped they helped that you know those mystical experiences sedona shamanic training but that only fills our mind with truth we then have to have the experience of truth which you did when you were receiving all of that i mean you were being bathed in in the truth of who you are you were feeling your truth that's why you were writing about that truth through song but then we have to look at what blocks us then we have to do that work of unlearning what is not true about us and that is that that is uh, you know like i said i bow down to anybody who goes through that inner child work because it is not for the faint of heart that dark night of the soul is a stripping away um of everything that is not true about us but it formed our identity so tell me what was that like um to be a ground zero and in, in stripping away hell yeah i mean you know, because of the mystical experience that I had already, you know, like, um, experienced. Yeah. I felt like, wow, like, I felt confused. Yeah. It felt, to me, it felt like a betrayal. Yeah. And I felt like I had always been so free, like, because I had made a lot of money and I would travel where I wanted to go. I do whatever, but there was this other layer there that was just waiting yeah. to be stripped away. And so I, I just felt like I would die every day, probably for a year, you know, and a lot of my only a year. Oh my God. It was know, years for me. I to, yeah. Sometimes I'm jealous. Yeah. You know, sometimes I still feel like that, even though it's like, it's just my ego and my inner child just being like, that's, I got more work to do. And that's why, I, anyway, not to jump too far ahead, but um, that's why I came to live with my parents, because that's a whole nother layer of, this is not like you're, it's in your face. You oh, exactly. Talk, talk a little bit about that, because what you're saying is so crucial. Um, because you got to do that in your face work with your parents. I had to do that parental work. My parents had, were already deceased. Mm. And so I had, hard. Uh, you know what? It was very hard because I wanted to say so much to them. I, once I realized that pain I was holding, I wanted to let them know what they had done to me. Um, but then it, it was, I was forced to have to do the forgiveness work, I think maybe maybe yeah. a little sooner because I didn't have them there to really express the, the pain that was coming up. When we hit that dark night, uh, all of our demons come up, which is kind of what America is going through right now. Right. Yeah. yeah, all those demons come up and I had had enough mystical experiences to know that I had these two opposing sides to me, but like you, I was so confused and not sure how to um, how to navigate them and how to make peace with them. But I was yeah. being guided by Jesus. So I had the consciousness of Jesus throughout my whole journey, which was beautiful. Yeah. So that is what helped me tremendously, but I felt so yeah. alone. So take us to yeah. here you are with your parents. What was that like? Well, you know, first of all, you know, and my parents are very loving, giving people. Um, 
I'm just different. And it's, <laughs> they can't hear you. They can't hear. So it's in a way, maybe, I mean, they, they care and they want, they provided a space for me and love, but me being who I am, it's just, they didn't, they not every time I tried to explain that, you know, like the inner child work, they're like, well, we, when we were kids, we just sucked it up and went because they're, yeah. they're still in repression. Just yeah, the way it is. It's just the way of life and it's yeah. survival. And it's like, I can't do that. So in one aspect, you know, it's very uh, beautiful that I get to spend time and, and be with my parents, you know, but I'm, I'm a completely different soul in terms of how I view this current reality. But the other thing that had has taught me is compassion, love, tolerance, exactly. and patience. Mm -hmm. um, that. And, and to know that I am my own mother and father because that nurturance has to come from me and I'm constantly in prayer. I'm a walking prayer. I mean, I'm constantly talking to angels and Jesus and I'm just saying, you guys got me today. I'm, you know, I mean, it's like, that's where my, my true people that truly know who you are. They're not on the earth. Sorry. Exactly. I mean, you mean? totally, totally, totally. The, the, the consciousness that understands that knows that created us, it yeah. is not in this world. There are aspects of it that descend right. to, to assist us through the journey. Like so, so many of the teachers that have helped me. And as I become a teacher for others, we bring some of that down. Awesome. You know, you do it through your music. But you're absolutely um, correct from my perspective. We, we are cultivating a relationship with that which loves us unconditionally. And it's not of this world. And that mystical aspect is... If you're unconscious to that, you can't understand that. I mean, that it's impossible. The, the, but, you know, in the Bible, and I'm not a huge Bible scholar by any means, but I do love uh, to, to look at what Jesus said that wasn't interpreted. So I go to the Gnostic Gospels. I go to the Gospel <laughs> of Thomas. And, I, and I, I study so many different teachings that are channeled by Jesus, like A Course in Miracles, A Course of Love, the the uh, Way of Mastery. And in that, Jesus explains things as they were being taught 2,000 years ago, not reinterpreted through the Bible. But the Bible does contain many, many bits of truth. But one of the things that, that Jesus said is at some point, we have to leave our mothers and fathers. And the point of that is exactly to what you're saying. When we enter into this human incarnation as a baby, we look to mother, father to become an authority. And that that activates that veil of separation, that illusion that there is something with power outside of us. Yeah. And so what was that like to begin to to mother yourself be, and father yourself? Because that <laughs> is the claim 100 percent responsibility for self and your emotions and you creating your reality. I mean, it all ties down to that, that, that emancipation um, into your sovereignty. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, gosh, there's so many things that play into that experience. Um, yeah. You know, it's an ongoing thing as long as I'm, I'm still living here with my parents and it's one of my frustrations actually, but I know that when they, when, 
because I get guidance and when the time is right, I'll, I'll be moved out. And I'm here in Atlanta for other reasons, like helping set grids on the earth. Helping oh, thank anchor. you for that. Thank you for that. You know what I mean? You know, and it's like, I'm going to just speak freely. Uh, and that's part of my mission of why I'm here in Atlanta for now is just helping to build city of light here. And that's, that's kind of bold of me, but that's what my station is right now, you know? And it's like, that's what it is. So there, like, like I was saying before, it's like, I've, I've known this about myself for years, but I didn't do the inner child. It was like this piece. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, why did it, man, it's kind of weird to know all these things and experience all these things and then have to go back down. It's like, yeah. you know, I was living in like the sixth, seventh dimension, literally, like with yeah. my life. And then just, I had to go all the way back down to 3D, like, yeah. you know, and even further, you know? And um, <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird because I already know I'm not from this planet. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like... None of us are. None of us are. But We're visitors here. Yeah. So, um, but it's it's really teaching me, like, Lena, um, this is the first spring I enjoyed the bloom to its max in my whole life, mm. you know, because I, I have this hill I go to every day and I have a stone circle and I pray, pray for the world up there. And so it's a beautiful view and it's got hills and trees. And I noticed every step of the bloom and I was like, wow, thank you, God, for slowing me the hell down. You know, <laughs> but What you're saying is so beautiful because <laughs> we, we go through, you know, we descend into the 3D world. We have to condense ourselves. The magnificent, uh, undefinable self that we are has to condense <laughs> into a, a tiny Course in Miracles calls it a tiny med idea of who we are. It's it's an insane limitation that has us believe that we're so insignificant, like this little speck, and then everything else has power over us and is so far away from us. Yeah. yeah. And we become desensitized to the world around us. We become so human doing and so focused, you know, that we become sheep, the blinders go on. <laughs> We just do what we're told to do so that some, you know, authority will pat us on the head and say, you did a good job. Um, but this journey, what you're talking about, this this inner child journey is is in essence creating a whole new contract with ourselves. We are deciding that we're not this tiny little being that we've been conditioned to believe, but we are we are a flower blossoming, blooming and expanding and forever resensitizing ourselves to the all that isness. Um, no wonder you were able to sit and watch the blooms and be, you know, great, great. I'm feeling, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of gratitude. Describe describe your resensitive being resensitized oh, to God. all of it. You know what? She's uh, coming out of that. It probably I went to Sedona. I couldn't handle the energy here for a long time, and then my friend gave me a job in Sedona. It's four months into it, and I finally got enough. I don't know what you want to call it. Wits about me to be able to travel. And she gave me a job in Sedona because I the energy here was just I couldn't do it because I live in Cumming and it's like now it's totally different it blows my mind but <laughs> so I went to Sedona for 
two and a half months and um, then I came back again because I didn't, you know, I wasn't finished here. But um, the acclim the reacclimation to my true soul self, and more of my true soul self was me just pushing myself, like just kept pushing myself and God just saying, go, go play, go, you know, <laughs> go do this, go. I and mean, I'm like, every part of me is like a basket case. And I'm like, and Unity was Unity North Atlanta was really big in helping me get out of myself and giving me a stage to sing and like trusting me to work with the kids. And it just really helped me to just feel my soul again. Cause I love children. I love like, I taught grammar school before and I just, I was just an amazing, they're just amazing, you know? Um, yeah. You're in the presence of true gurus there. I mean, yeah. you're in the presence. Totally. Of the most multi-dimensional beings on the planet are those those little ones that haven't been fully um, conditioned out of their truth. Exactly. I, you know, I want to focus on something that you were saying. <coughs> You're following this guidance. You're clearly in alignment with your your. I'm going to say we can call it higher self, greater self, expanded self, your non-physical self, whatever you want to call it. You're, you've aligned with um, that. What, what, what do you call that to you? What is that? Use your words to describe what you align with. Well, the all that is, the absolute is playing through me as yes. the Holy Spirit. I love that. I love reverence. Yeah. I love when I see spiritual teachers in reverence, like Richard. I mean, he's on point, you know, and I, I believe in reverence. I believe in the Holy Spirit. This life, the threefold flame, the candle in our hearts is holy. It comes from our creator. And so I, I want to live a holy life, a, a life that's whole, you know, and, and I don't know what that is with my mind. But I ask for that. Play through me. Yeah. Sink through me. Walk through me. I'm nothing without you. I surrender my life to you. And this is it. You know, I mean, the Holy Spirit. And if you can even put a word to love, to the most magnificent yeah. love, yeah. the essence, the animation, you know, um, but I love Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, because it's divine, feminine, and masculine, and all of it, you know. Yeah, and and it's hard to name, like the Tao yeah. says, you know, the Tao that you can name is not the Tao. Um, the truth that you can label is not the truth. Is is it can't be? It can't be. But yet it's a paradox. When you yeah. when you've experienced that vast truth, you know that the word truth encompasses all of it. But yet you know it's not contained in one word. I love how you said that. Yep. Yeah. Share with us what was it like to to go through the process of surrendering to to the Holy Spirit to be your guide because we literally are disconnecting from the egoic voice being our master and making an internal switch to tuning the dial to listening to um, the voice of, of spirit, which is what the whole, the, the entire Course in Miracles is, is, is a course in mind training to teach us how to shift from tuning into the voice of the ego to tune in deliberately and only to the voice of the Holy Spirit. 
So what what has that that process like for you to make that shift and in that shift what about that do you are you grateful for? That's it's it's a really big question, but I believe that it's there all along. Yeah. So it's just you know, because that's what we are. We are facets of the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, for me, it was having everything to everything taken away from me. Not taken away. I'm like, oh, I'm not a victim. But, yeah. you know, like having no money or having, you know, not my own place or, or whatever to really just thank God for my dog. But, um <laughs> But it is, it is a stripping away. It, yeah. it is, and the people that go the deepest in their journey go through that stripping. Um, it, it's just part of the process. Yeah, and it's, for me, it was returning to what I call the divine sun child. Because <laughs> that. that's what we all are. It's returning to yourself as a child of God. Like, and in that return there is so much that we discover in our surrendering it's individually specific but returning to play returning to the animation of life staring at the bird and i can feel a bird flying when i focus with the eyes of my heart with my being that i become that bird and it's like how do you find words for that so you know now I'm getting chills because we're experiencing yeah. all that we are. You know, we are yeah. that bird. And to be, to take that moment to be in flight with that bird is to feel, to feel the magnificence and the majesty and the immenseness. And not your body. Yeah. It's just your consciousness is like, wow, that's, that's all, that's it right there. That's it. Yeah. So returning to that is just returning to the heart, the mind in the heart, the heart. And, you know, everybody talks about the heart, but it's truly the doorway to the soul. And it's truly like where it all happens on the inner realms. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so that's the return of the divine feminine and the return of the divine sun child is this whole like just for example how do how how is one thing really helped me to do that well i've been a runner my whole life and i haven't been able to run this is so interesting now I'm opening up my body in ways that i never had before yeah. right so my heart is opening my whole body field yeah is opening so i can perceive all around me proprioception rather than just like i'm gonna run because i'm running from something subconsciously but i love how i feel when i run but so i don't have to face what i'm feeling i'm gonna run you know? so, ditto girl i used to do that too <laughs> <laughs> so, literally and figuratively i was a runner as well but yes you know yeah. what you're talking about diane rose is i would just i i could just I am feeling the the kinship with you because mm -hmm. until you have felt that you 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 don't understand the immenseness 
of the beings that we are. And like you said, it's a portal through the heart. But most people can't get to that portal because we're stuck in the programming of the head. We're yeah. stuck in the, the what the world thinks about me and that that the authority being on the outside, the, yeah. the money, the job, the lover, the the parents, <laughs> the, what people think, the government, the you know, the doctors, everything is has what you're looking for. And um, while we operate in that in that programming to go outside of ourselves, we're in constant fear because you know they're not always giving us what we want. Thank goodness, um, because that's that's what begins to break the illusion: is you're not getting what you want. You're not getting your fix from the outside. You got to go inside and fix the. That's um, so well the, said. Yeah. Tell take us into the opening of that door, and what was it like for you to begin to accept the magnificence <laughs> of who you are? I don't think I've really thought about it of just being who I know I am. And my big thing now is I want to do my mission. I got to get my music out. I want to, and I know maybe this sounds like a mind train, but I know I was born for certain things to accomplish. And I'm constantly going, okay, your will be done to me. Your will be done to me. I have four books. I'm on another book. I got, you know, so much goodness I can help people with. And so, um, it's just allowing the moment to be what it is. I watched a show on the Tao, speaking of the Tao, and it was about letting go yeah. and being the river. I love it, you know, <laughs> because, you know, love is like water. You just you can't stop it. It's just going to flow. And, if, you know, you're in that space, even though we're going to have these emotional ups and downs and these, these challenges, it's, I heard Matt Kahn say, it's how fast you return. Exactly. You know, that's it. That's it. Centeredness. That's and all it is. Yeah. So yeah. But the other thing I wanted to share real quickly is that what I've learned is that we're doing, and you, you already know this, but I'm just sharing that we're doing the work of the collective because exactly. we're one. Yeah. And I've been doing the uh, Ho'oponopono and the, the work of Dr. Len Hugh. He's so, uh, he he's he has the he's from Hawaii. Oh, he's the one that did Ho'oponopono. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I don't think of his name. Um, okay, thank you. You put those two together. Yeah, Doctor Len Hugh. Well, his name is something Hawaiian, and I can't pronounce it, and I apologize. No worries. Yeah. But it's so powerful because I've been, you know, I have clients now for healing and for health coaching, and you know. It's so like he says that we're responsible for one another. We are. You know, I think we are. we are in terms of who comes in our path and then our prayers, right? But this has been really powerful for me to understand my work is not just about my own healing. Yeah. It's like, and it's not yeah. about you. <laughs> and, and the Course in Miracles is really clear about that, that we are one here. And what I do for me, I do for humanity. And until I free humanity, I can't free myself. So it is very much a responsibility that we have to accept for the salvation of all of humanity. Share, for those who don't understand Ho'oponopono, share a little bit about it. And then let's let's talk about how we have to do that 
um, what what you're doing to take responsibility for the shift that is happening in humanity right now that is that is in the midst of such major major um, upheaval yeah I mean first I learned about it um, I learned about these four sacred sayings yeah I'm sorry forgive me I love you thank you and um, what Dr. Len Hugh does in his meditation is he takes you to a very calm embrace with your inner child and meditation and you reacquaint yourself with your own inner child and you say I'm so sorry that since the beginning of creation I've ignored you and I caused you pain and suffering abuse whatever that whatever that is, I'm here now to embrace you and tell you that I'm sorry and go through this whole meditation about, you know, memories. Because what plays in our subconscious are the memories that are locked in into yeah. our cellular structures and that's what causes different pains in the body and things like that. So yeah. he, he takes us through this meditation where you can work with the inner child to work through your physical, emotional, mental, uh, and etheric pains. So being on the earth right now is, you know, um, is that we're doing the healing not only this lifetime, but in from other lifetimes. Which connects back to why we're multidimensional. <coughs> because in, in reality, what we are is only in this now moment. So blows my mind. <laughs> I know, it's, it's, but and it's a paradox. It blows our mind, which is necessary. <laughs> yes, so that we can be more heart centered. Because if this is all that there is in this moment, we can touch every aspect of past and future because they exist in our own mind. You know, we don't go to when we're three years old. We don't take you know get in in pack our bags and take a flight, make a reservation to go to when we were three years old, <laughs> visited in a memory in the mind. So everything is held in consciousness. Um, so through Ho'oponopono, you have experienced your own healing and say more about how it, why that is so important for the healing of the planet. It, for freedom. Mm -hmm. And I have a song called, um, newfound freedom and the song is about soul freedom in the body and it's so interesting how i've lived my songs but anyway side note um, um i get it because i live the teachings that come to me yeah. they come to me to teach but to live them first yeah which is how it should be you know exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah so newfound freedom yeah, so I think everyone's goal, like, you know, if you study the masters, is uh, the transcendental um, alchemy of your soul is healing not only your multidimensional aspects, but the multidimensional aspects of humanity. Yeah. And so because this is such a crucial time, you know, uh, everything's coming up, bubbling up to the top of the, the coffee cup to be cleared and skimmed yeah. um this is an important time for us as light workers to do this whole ponopono um and 
especially with what just, you know, happened. And I just think that at the very core of, you know, the incident um, where the man was killed, I just... George Floyd, yes. Yeah. Um, I just think that that's just bringing up a whole core of stuff that wasn't healed. Oh, it's an, it's an invitation to our collective past yeah. Uh, transgressions. Yeah, and so I just think, you know, all I can do as an individual unto myself is do the best that I can to allocate part of my day to the healing of the planet. And not only that, out to the universe. Um, and, you know, all day long, I, you know, I'm, I'm constantly praying anyway. Like yeah. if I hear an ambulance, I'm like, Mother Mary, please help that person. Like it comes in my awareness, then yeah. I say a prayer. You know, but I'm, I'm not one that believes go around saving the world, right? No, God wants you to live your purpose. This is my truth. But what comes into your path, there's a reason mm -hmm. you're connected to that. Yeah, for whatever reason. So, but what you're saying is so beautiful and so important. And most people don't understand that. I know I didn't until I began to feel it. And that is that if we're one energy, we we are these particles, these, you know, quantum science tells us particles, waves, that is what everything is made of. And when we get caught up in believing that we are just this particular grouping of particles that forms Lina, we become totally and completely disconnected from the truth that we are that energy that is, is everything. And we're constantly recycling these particles, you know, the air that we take in, we're breathing it in, we're putting it out. So we're really all breathing the same air. We've all, you know, put into it the same thing, which is why they worry about us catching viruses, because you cannot not be connected to the same one oxygen that sustains all of us. So the same, you know, the prayer that we put out is loving particles that move just like the breath and it, it just goes everywhere. It is just as contagious as, as it is, you know, we, we can contain uh, an idea of ourselves in here, but if we know we're one with all that is, we want that to be contagious. We want that to expand. Yeah. So when yeah. you're praying, you're praying because it has power. Those particles have power and they will travel. They will reach whomever they need to reach. Yeah, it's so beautiful. I, I really believe that. And I and I believe that breath is life force energy that I use my breath so much. I'm doing fire breath. I'm, you know, it's important clearing energy. And, you know, as an empath, energy just comes and you have to be able to be aware of is this mine or is this somebody else's? And yeah. so that's like a big thing that I'm learning, too, is about myself in particularly is that and others as well but that some of the stuff that comes through my emotional body is not mine so but that's what i was that's what i think got me feeling depressed some along the line because i couldn't differentiate what what was mine versus what is the collective and yeah. i really felt it yesterday like in the last two days I mean, gosh, we're having energy 
through the sun crazily now anyway, but totally. um, I was so sad. I just let myself cry. Yeah. Like I cried it out of my own body, like this collective, the riots and everything and all of that. And, uh, and I just realized now that it's not mine personally. Yeah, moving through me to transmute, and every time I transmute that, that opens up. That helps everybody. Yeah, it's not yours specifically because of the purification you've been doing within your sphere, but it is part of our collective, which right. we're all a part of. And you know, we could say, well, this is you know, it's something about. Uh, venus and it's not our issue it's venus's issue Come well, back, we are in the venus. same we're Come in the back. same solar system yes yeah. we're we cannot not be concerned about all that that we are and oh my goodness this has just been such a beautiful conversation i i am so touched and so honored to have shared this this time that does not exist together <laughs> thank you so much too i'm so honored and grateful well we we have we have sprinkled um some truth we sprinkled some love in this conversation and those who are meant to receive something they will and those who don't just leave whatever doesn't resonate leave it. <laughs> it's no big deal it's perfectly okay but um i want to let people know how can people connect with you via facebook obviously they can friend you right here at diane r kelly but this is also a podcast how can people reach you that um are not on facebook yeah um through email, truevalor7 at gmail.com. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. And uh, my website's being rebuilt right now. And so, but here on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, Diane Rose Kelly. And um, I would love to start my own social media page at some point. Yeah. Um, I'm researching that. And um, so we'll see. But I'm very honored and grateful to be here, Elena. Yes, well, that that will be wonderful because you know I've I've enjoyed your music and it is beautiful, it is powerful, and you know whenever they let you perform at Unity, it is always a gift to all of us. And I again want to acknowledge you for having done the very very uncomfortable work of inner child work, and um, because without that, we cannot we cannot access the portal um, that yeah. really that really transforms us truly and uh which is just that that pure love so for those of you who joined us thank you so much for being here for this episode of align with lina and next week i i've got on june 8th a dear dear friend and a colleague she's an amazing teacher an amazing artist um joy goodman so please join us on that day for that and um diane do us a favor beautiful diane rose and just Leave, leave our audience with a nugget of wisdom and then we'll close up the program after that. Yes, you know, just stay true to your heart and stay pure as a child, you know. Mm. And that's really what it's about is being clear here and here and enjoying the moment. You know? Yeah, so it's like, it's that saying, become like a little child to enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay. We have to do that. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody. And we will see you on the next episode of Align with Lina. Bye-bye.